0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Oh,
2: oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts. What do those
1: eat? Do they eat people? Oh, it's a people-eating horse. <laughs> Again. Billionaire money, because that would not that be been great? If Switch it up to a horror that, movie a, where, where an the anti- horse s- now hunts everyone in this group. Yeah, exactly, the exactly. Yeah. They all they're all huddled into the barn in increasingly small numbers. He's done keeping <laughs> secrets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anti-Semitic people eating horse.
1: <laughs> it's oh, this movie needs a sequel. <laughs> God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because it turns out that Schadenfreude is monetizable. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> Such a good film. Fantastic. <laughs> and sitting 989 miles to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? Oh, I'm doing pretty fantastic.
2: I saw an Oscar-winning film, so I feel pretty uh, pretty great. I'm going to beat Leo out for the Oscar, I can tell. Oh,
1: well, somebody has to, yeah. You can fight a happens. bear all you want, but... <laughs> if Until... he's beaten the bear. I mean, he's got his ass kicked by the bear. You shouldn't get yeah. awards for getting your ass kicked. By the Barons. You know what it is? It's that, like, placement trophy culture that we live in now. Yeah, exactly. You get your ass kicked by a bear, and they're like, you know what? You participated, too. You get a trophy as well. It's a bunch of bullshit. So tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? All right. We watched Unconditional.
0: It's the story of a white woman who's pretty sure a black person killed her husband and... She uses this information to spy on people matching that description. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. We get to watch her spend about 90 minutes interacting with some very nice black people during which she has no idea that it's racist and illegal to be a racist vigilante. Uh, oh, and Jesus, the end or something. Yeah. Imagine all lives matter the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm. And Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, let me... I can just say this. When a a
2: white girl signs up for a big brother, big sister program, this movie is what she imagines is what's going to happen. <laughs> That's how... This mother's just like, oh my gosh, like, they're going to gather around and they're going to call me mom and I'm going to be like, I'm not your mom because I'm white and I'm rich. But it's going to be the <laughs> same to them because they're like puppies. <laughs> <laughs> this is... This may be the most racist movie we've watched because (laughs) of how, like, condescending it is. The nature of the, like, condescending white woman and the no moment of, like, checking in with black experience in this movie might be the make this the most racist thing we've ever seen.
1: Yeah, but it might also be at the same time, as far as film craft goes, the best movie we've ever seen. Oh, yes, Fantastic. definitely.
2: Like, yeah, the shot was always lined up. They had drawings. They obviously hired multiple camera people. <laughs> that fuck you guy from the other movie, they finally fired him for this one. Like, Dave, you're not in this movie. Fuck you. All right. We'll see you for God's Not Dead, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think the helpful skeptic on, on Twitter pretty much nailed it. He said, it's still a dumpster fire. But but like behind a cinnabon, yeah. A good you dumpster fire. You can smell it. You're like, yeah. oh, nice. And they're like, That's no, it. there was a
2: baby in there. What in there. Does not change the smell. of It's okay. Of cinnamon, it was, it was black. It was yeah, a black exactly.
1: baby, so it doesn't. They're like pit bull puppies. Oh God! At least the movie knew that line was racist. But we'll we'll did get it? to that. We'll did get they? to it. I'm not sure they did. I'm I'm pretty
2: sure they did. <laughs> it was weird because like the amount of. Jesus in the movie was super duper low. Um, and basically it, the main thesis of the movie is bad things happen, but wait a minute. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Right. Like um, God's love is just gotta wait. It's a test quiz. I guess. <laughs> pop quiz.
1: Well, and, and that's really kind of encapsulated, I think, in uh, the, the shittiest tagline I've seen in quite some time. This is the tagline for the movie. It's not a dead end if it takes you somewhere you needed to go. But, but, I mean, but, in a sense of, well, fucking course, but also it could be, cause if you, if you get there and then you have to turn around and go back, that's still a dead end. Right, it's,
2: it's only not, if it's your destination, then it's not a dead end. <laughs> right. It's right. definitionally speaking, I don't want to be nitpicky here, I'm just saying that, it's not, that's Maybe if it was bottom, like, it's not the wrong place. road, if it takes you somewhere you need to go, but <laughs> it, it, a dead end by its very nature would take you somewhere you didn't need to go unless the the to- end was, it was your des, <laughs> in which case it's just your destination. I don't know. That's I, just it's just an end. That, that's yes. just
1: dying. Yeah. So also this movie, and it makes repeated um, uh, mention of this, is based on a true story. And looking back over it now, I'm like, well, because nothing happened. I mean, there's nothing actually, how could this, this movie is, this is a movie about a woman whose husband got killed, and then there's a guy who's tangentially involved who has dialysis, but winds up okay. That's like, that's the same as nothing happening. This is like a movie about deciding what to have for breakfast. Yeah. And based on a true story, by the way.
2: Yeah. The (laughs) other thing about this being based on a true story that made it weird as a religious movie is that there's almost no religious motivation for Anything that anyone does, in fact, there's a ton of religious citation for people not to do the things that they do throughout this movie. Right. They act in direct contrast, and I'm not just talking like I'm not just being nitpicky. Like, well, you know, the Bible says you can smash the rocks and the heads on the infants, although that's in there, just a reminder. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's also like there's lots of moments here where like it's very clear that the church or whatever these categories are that are supposed to be caring for these children aren't doing it. So human beings, out of the goodness of their hearts are doing it so the thesis of like god is the light behind the clouds is very clearly disproven by the fact that there's absolutely nothing god related that helps anyone in this entire film <laughs> right his, his dialysis machine doesn't run out of juice and then it gets struck by
1: lightning <laughs> <laughs> number five is a lie yeah <laughs> <laughs> Would have been a great twist. Well, I, I, I believe if the guards get the sense that we're stalling here, we're gonna get our balls shocked, so we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll break down the relentless barrage of cliches that is unconditional. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm stalling. I'm stalling.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm stalling. Mm, I'm not ready yet.
1: <laughs> okay, guys. So so we're gonna be doing our big push for Patreon this week in the style of unconditional. Uh, so is everybody ready? Uh, yeah, I have a
2: question. So my uh-huh. line here, if I die, please let everyone know I'm sorry I never got to paint the sun. I'm wondering, is that too similar to later when I say I wish I could see the sunrise and paint it?
1: Uh, you know what? Yes. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it, maybe if you could combine them together somehow as we do it. Yeah. I had a question too. Um, how's my pathetic cough doing? It's going to be like – like. <coughs> yeah, that No, that's good. But remember, okay – you just watched your entire family get buried in a mining accident, and now you have the black lung. So deep in the throat. Oh, uh, okay. Deep in good the notes. Throat. Throat. So like, Hua! Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> Why am I in a puppy costume again? For the last time, you are a three-legged puppy with cancer of your ability to love.
2: Yeah, your ability to love has cancer. Exactly.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And we're back for the breakdown, and I could tell just based on the production logos that this was gonna be the best movie we've watched in quite a while. Get a bunch of exposition via child's book drawings, which was actually kinda cool. They're telling this like uh story of this woman's husband getting killed using like Berenstein Bears animation. <laughs> right. So uh
0: we learn from this uh this this voiceover from a, a southern white lady about how her husband got murdered by uh that black guy with the red shirt. Yeah. Y- you know, yeah. the black one. The, with with the, the red shirt. Him. That's, that's Him. the guy. So. Also, uh, there's a
2: fantastic moment where she, her husband gets shot and it's exactly the same as all of the Batman flashbacks mm-hmm. and me and my fiance at the exact same time went, oh my god, she's gonna be Batman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's not gonna it's be Batman. She's in the alley and everything, yeah. And also, we've gotta talk about this woman's accent. Um, I don't, I, I don't recall the actress's name. But they, she, the, the character that she's playing is supposed to be from Nashville. So they made her put on a Southern accent occasionally. Yeah, now, Southern Ginny Weasley. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> so now I'm going to point out that like at the best, she gets sort of a hint of Southern Alabama. She never gets anywhere near Tennessee, but it's basically, it's as consistent as, uh,
0: Keanu Kevin Reeves. Costner
1: in, in Robin Hood, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> yeah. like basically makes Sean Connery in Hunt for Red October sound really good. Her accent is the voice you use if you want to pick a
2: fight with a southern person. It's like, Basically. well, golly, I sure hope I don't fuck my sister tonight. All right, great. We're punching. Here we go. That's that's her accent, Coach, was like trying to pick a fight with her the whole time, and she never just quite got the answer. <laughs> but yeah, I love the animated beginning that includes the all people, all black guys in red hoodies are murderers. Uh So it's sort of like racist up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, we get our well, gee shucks, this used to be a by gum good world until Billy got killed and trying our damnedest to make the word on have two syllables in it. Awwown. Uh, Awwowowown. <laughs> <laughs> well, life goes on. Woo woo. So, <laughs> so then we um, we cut to our opening scene, our opening post VO scene. And there is so much shit going on in this scene that I swear I, I stopped the movie to check to make sure I hadn't accidentally skipped to like an hour and 18 minutes. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah,
0: they're cutting back and forth between several different seemingly unrelated things at the time. Um, this, this woman's, she's sitting in her vintage pickup truck in, in the rain having mm-hmm. flashbacks about the day her husband got murdered.
2: Right, she's got CSI
0: Christianity going on in her head. <laughs> right. <laughs> in the rain. It's raining. Rain. Mm-hmm. And uh also two young kids, a-, a brother and his apparently mute sister. we tail. right away. yeah. They're uh, shoplifting food from a convenience store next to the murder-suicide rainy alleyway, which is right there. And uh right. they get caught and run away, and that's going to come in in a second. And meanwhile, this was the weirdest one to me. There's a very attractive black man, and he's giving himself emergency medical care like mm-hmm. yeah maybe chemo maybe he's turning himself into the green goblin he's he might be setting off a bomb it's not clear he presses a button but wh- wherever he was it's also raining so so he's in the montage too
2: yeah. yeah right and when the when we saw
0: the kids
2: um i just want to point out that macon who's the little black boy is wearing a hoodie and i wrote in my notes quick it's a kid in a hoodie shoot it him. Him. it's him <laughs> he's the one that murdered your husband <laughs>
1: Yeah, and by the way, the movie will never get this exciting again, so in, enjoy it while you can. Um <laughs> I, I just wanted to, I, I this is such a minor moment, but I had to point it out. When okay, so so Macon and his little sister steal some Keisha. candy. I'm sorry, Keisha. Yeah, that's Keisha, right. Keisha, right. Um they steal a little bit of food from the uh convenience store. They get caught, and this security guard goes after them. Now, this security guard basically has the physique of Jabba.
2: Yeah, if you told me that the Fat Security Guard is actually them setting up the Penguin's origin story, I'd be like, (laughs) right, right, sir! (laughs) Crazy, he's
1: make-a-wish Fat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. So, then, I guess, okay, so the kids are running away from Fat Security Guard, and the little girl gets hit by a car as she's running across the rainy street. Well, we should explain... That's what's happening, in her. she is going to the alley where her
2: husband died to kill herself in the alley where he died, mm-hmm. and I wrote in my notes, I feel like the best way to die is the way my husband did, in this alley, alone, in the rain. <laughs> That's what he would have wanted. And by the way, she has a giant hand cannon of a gun, Yes. so I just want to point out that Had she shot herself in the face, it would vaporize her head. Her head is going to fucking explode. It's just a giant gun. Watch the movie. It's giant. It's not a kill yourself gun. It's a kill someone through a cement wall gun.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Don't watch the movie. It's not. The gun does not make it worth it.
0: And yeah. uh, by the way, I think if there was a sex act involved at this point, it would have been called uh muzzle in a thunderstorm, right? Oh, nice. So, nice. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so she's just about to shoot herself in the head, but then she hears the little girl get hit by the car and she's like, "Well, you know, I'll I'll kill myself in a minute." So, she stops and takes the the little girl to the hospital. This is all 6 minutes into this movie, by the way. Um Sorry, I'm going to go off on a tangent that I'm going to have to remove in post anyway. But why the goddamn hell do we have to cut into him going and getting dialysis in the middle of this? Like, there's not enough going on in this intro of the movie. We got the kids stealing shit. We got the lady killing herself, pouring down rain. Kid gets hit by a fucking car. She takes the... That's not enough shit to cram into the first six minutes of your movie. We also have to cut to an unrelated shot of a guy almost dying before he gets his dialysis. Fuck off.
0: Well, no, it was raining. Where he was, too, Oh, remember? I see. Yes. So yeah, it no, all it ties Continuity. together.
2: It all also, the, ties in. This established the all-important plot point that that thing you do three times a week that is very easy to plan around, he never does it and almost dies once a week because of it. <laughs> yes, right,
1: right. It's
2: like, d- dude, take your puffer. No. I mean, just take your puffer. <clears throat> Give me my puffer. <laughs> you might want to just... Just set an alarm in your phone, man. It's not it's not hard. Take your... Got it. A huge theme of this movie is just one person's incredible irresponsibility for their own medical care, right. which I have absolutely no sympathy for. Just go. Do your medicine thing. <laughs> then go back and give kids grocery carts full of flour or whatever the fuck you do. <laughs> There's
1: an awful lot of that. Yeah, they try to build a lot of the suspense in this movie on like, have you taken your insulin? Oh shit, I meant to.
2: Dialysis, by the way, dialysis isn't a fu- – that's not how it works. Dialysis happens three times a week. Three times a week. That's what this guy has to plan. It's not like it's something that has to happen four times a day. Right. And that's why he's constantly having to sh- – it's three times a week. Just be like, yeah, man, I'm not good for Tuesdays. Why? Oh, because I need to fucking squeeze my kidneys out.
1: Got <laughs> goddamn goddamn Nutribullet. I, I would think that most people would be willing to wait a few minutes. Yeah, in that yeah. instance. So now we cut to the hospital where um uh Sam, the the redheaded chick that was going to kill herself earlier is waiting in the uh the waiting hallway to see how the little girl's going to be uh, and it turns out that she's going to be fine. Right. This movie doesn't have the balls to kill a little girl in the opening minutes.
2: But uh, of the two children, we have to admit that it would have been better for her to die. I'm just saying there was an able-bodied <laughs> child there was a broken oh, child. God. Just I'm just balancing, I'm just saying like if one of the kids had to go, Keisha was obviously already part. Of, I don't know. What is mute in far of debt. How far dead are you if you can't talk? No, I'll
1: ask Richard Dawkins.
0: I'm sure he'll. Uh, yeah. Easy Sophie's yeah. choice. Absolutely. <laughs> Not a problem. Her.
2: Oh, the, oh the wow. Mute that one. was quick. Yeah, the mute we, one. Sophie's we a,
1: no-brainer. I love yeah.
2: it. We, we have 80 minutes left of movie. I don't know. You want to get lunch? Sure. Unforgivable, too. <laughs> Sophie's easy choice.
1: <laughs> so also, we get this. uh that Macon, the older brother, is a hustler. And every yes. time he's on screen, he's going to be hustling because, you know, you know, black kids. So the first thing that he does is extorting a promise out of Sam to come back tomorrow and see him when they get out of before they get out of the hospital. Which is so weird. First of all, I hate Macon. Oh, Nothing yeah. Macon does. I hate <laughs>
2: Macon so much. I hope there's a school shooting and he's the only one that dies. I hate, <laughs> no. Macon. I hate him so Much. I hope he plays with a toy gun in any state where white people are cops. I hate Macon. If you watch this movie, you'll hate Macon, too. I hope he holds a pair in front of a mayor of Colorado. I hate him. I hate him.
1: He's quite a hateable little character.
2: So he basically, she's, the nurse is like, oh, she wants to see you and instead of being like, oh, I owe this child nothing, back to my suicide attempt (laughs) ta-ta, she's like, okay, I guess I owe this kid and then he's like, you better come back tomorrow and bring me some food and also three dollars and she's like, all right, that's a promise and they do the secret white friend black friend handshake on it. They do. They do.
0: I mean, it was one of like the entry level ones for like white friends, but it was still pretty cool. It was like two phases (laughs) only, but she, she did it. Yeah. Uh,
2: also, I just want to
0: point out that the way that this kid attacks this woman, someone needs to
2: explain consent to Megan real quick. She's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> that means yes. Ooh, Megan. Oh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you I'm made, made me a promise. What? No? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so then we get uh, the turn in this flick. She's leaving the hospital. And there's a guy there to pick up the kids and the nurse asks his name just as she's walking by. It turns out it's Joe whatever and they know each other from when they were kids.
2: Joe Bradford? There can only be one Joe Bradford in the world. His name might have been fucking Tom Smith. Oh, Tom Smith? From Bayo, New Jersey? My childhood (laughs) best friend? Yeah. Why did you do that based on my name? (laughs) Right.
0: And, uh, by the way, can we talk about the physical appearance of this? Very attractive black man. I already mentioned once. I'm having a lot of confusing thoughts about this guy. <laughs> he, he's perfectly sculpted he jawline. Fantastic. He is delicious, but he's yeah. damaged a little, like in a good way, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: His I, kidneys won't work, mm, so like he can't run away from you, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You
1: take care of him. He's got that extra surgical hole in him and everything. He brought out the gay in me. I, I don't mind saying it. Joe <laughs> is fucking smoking hot. So they have a chance meeting over a hit and run black kid. It's the same old story. It's how my wife and I met. <laughs> Except Noah hit the kid. It's a whole, well, thing.
2: Yes. I don't wanna, we don't want to go into it. The lawsuit is settled. The lawsuit is settled. Out of court. And Out of, of court.
1: That means I didn't do anything wrong. Just ask George Pell. Yeah. He's the guy with the grill, right? <laughs> so now we, uh, we, we get a flashback uh when the two of them run into each other she's like the the nurse is like oh i take it you know each other and she's like or he's like she was my best friend as kids and then so we get the flashback to them best friends as kids by the way this is n- number 1 of yeah 2600 flashbacks we're going to get in this movie so settle in there's a lot of that
2: this movie is about 12 seconds long without the flashbacks right mm. <laughs> uh and so basically we get Joe being introduced by the principal and she says literally she says this is Joe. He's the janitor's son. Yep. He's the new janitor's son. So basically she's like, this is Joe. He's the only black person in the world. Hate him. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> and indeed all the white children do. <laughs> all yeah. the little crackers are mean to Talking to a school full of white kids. He's like, why am I standing next to this uh little negro child? Great question. Yeah, his grandma's the new janitor and somehow they have an address in our district and we somebody yeah. sold, I don't know. But uh, everybody be nice to him and He'll let you touch his hair. It's very exotic.
2: You all might have noticed that our kindergarten hamster died, so now we have Joe. Oh God! And we cannot let the Eichners bring him home. We've learned that. We've learned that the hard way. Do not let the Eichners bring him home.
1: And, of course, the only person in the whole school that will talk to Joe is the soulless ginger girl who's just in it for the tater chips. Yeah. yeah, she kind of trade
0: rapes him on this deal at lunch really? with yeah. the snacks. Like she gives him this tiny little Jello pack for his potato chips for a full bag. It was kind of bullshit. I thought.
2: Yeah, she went on to later run Starbucks. Yeah, here you go, potato chips for a, a field worth of coffee beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: right, yeah. right. Well, and then also when uh, when a girl says, "How about my Jello for your tater chips?" There's no way that's not a sex thing. <laughs> mm. yeah. I-, I can think of so many different things that she could have meant, but yeah, they they went literal with it.
0: And yeah. uh, also uh, Samantha. Young Samantha rocks the uh two-phase bro handshake here too. So uh yeah, she's that's that she, how she uh, knows it. Yeah, she dated some uh, black guys in preschool, I guess. <laughs> <Apparently>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, he beats up the kid that trips the little girl and then goes to the office and that's how they become friends. And I want to say by the way, look, Joe beat the fuck out of that kid. I mean, that there was no fucking around on that. That was, you know, solid right cross to start, good ground yeah. and pound at the end. You know, so good form for Joe. Yeah, yeah, really fantastic stuff. So then we, uh, He's the Ronda Rousey of children's <laughs> schoolyard fights. If I need a nine year old white kid beat up, I'm going to Joe. Oh,
2: you said it was me.
1: <laughs>
2: no, you know what? I'm
1: not doing this on air. I'm not doing this on air.
2: It's fine. So then we go back to her house on the phone. <laughs> Whatever. And I guess she decides you lose one should- fight to a nine-year-old and then all of a sudden you're out of the I don't <laughs> so want to talk about it. Replaced. I said I was not going to bring this up here. Gonna- Just get through the show. I'm a professional.
1: <laughs> show must go on. So she gets home. We're back in the present day. Now she gets home and she decides she should probably fuck Joe one time before she shoots herself. So she puts her gigantic gun back in the glove box. Nice safe place for a giant handgun.
2: Also, she has a horse, she has cows, she has chickens, she's got this whole farm, she was just about to blow her head off, so she's like, oh, I love you, horse, and I'm like, you don't love the horse, the horse was gonna sit there and starve to death while it waited for your now-vaporized brain
1: to come and feed it some fucking oats and also of course she walks in the house and the first thing she goes to is her dead husband's smell jacket I don't know I mean <laughs> I've never lost a wife or anything like that but is that a thing do people just have like that one article of clothing from their dead loved one that they smell yeah, on a regular in, basis check
2: in every day it's just like uh, you know when you charge your phone at night you also grab an article of the dead person's clothing <laughs> you give it a sniff and then you cry yourself to sleep
0: Oh, okay. yeah no absolutely I don't have any uh, dead ones but I've got a few ex-girlfriends <laughs> and uh, I have a whole setup. up like a Norman Bates-type shrine going on with uh, three or four of them. It's not a big deal. I see, I see. I think it's pretty sniff standard. them
2: in different orders every day. Same yourself. order
0: every day. That's important. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> I get it. Also, as the child of a children's book author, um, she appears to be a magical kind of author that's also an author, illustrator, and publisher all right. in one. <laughs> yes. My mom is not only... She's written over a dozen children's books, and she's won the Lee Bennett Hopkins Award. Nothing about the way that she does children's books in this movie has anything to do with the reality of how children's books are written sorry just a personal pet peeve she's just like oh I'll draw some pictures and weave a tale, and then it gets sent to the printing shop where they make a copy for every little boy and girl in town I wanted to send my mom this movie just so she could be like do you know how many fucking revisions of where is the
1: bear I had to go through I will stab you in the heart no, I love it. It's, it's, it's got to be like watching, like, my dad was a cop, so you can't watch cop movies with me. I'm always pointing out dumb shit in it. I get it. I get it. Um, so, okay, so now we got to get another flashback. Um, this is back when, uh, when husband Billy was alive, and you can tell because she was pretty back then. She did her hair and stuff. And I officially was done with the accents at this point in the movie. Oh, when for she, when, sake. When
2: he walks in and she says, hey, cowboy, and he says, hey, pretty lady, I was like, fuck you. Oh. <laughs> done.
1: God. And, there you
2: go. This stopped being adorable. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, I you say and it didn't yeah. It the fact that it could go down in adorability from where it was is pretty amazing. But damn did it. Especially when we get the whole I guess there in redneck love bit here where she sneaks chickens into the cabin well, where wait. he keeps his He comes home. And he's like, you going to write another one of them faggot picture books of yours?
2: <laughs> and she's like, yeah. Then he says, and this gets explained at the end of the movie, but just bear with me. He goes, you got my $2 bills from the bank? And she goes, yeah, they're in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. But she's snuck chickens in the cabinet. Yeah. So when he opens it, it's like one of those cans, of joke cans of peanuts. You just, chickens come flying <laughs> out. So who knows how long she's tortured those and just trapped them in the dark. And it's been four days since he's been home. She's got them spring loaded like in Inside the, of the cabinets, covered in chicken shit and the one chicken that died that they've eaten. But they come out at him and then he's... He's like, "Oh, you put chickens in the cabinet. I'm gonna fuck the shit out of you." But then she runs outside and gets on a horse, yes. and he has to yes. chase her yes. on a horse to apparently fuck her. I barely make it into the bed sometimes for
1: sleep. If she was like, "Mom, you gotta catch me," I'd be like, "It's fine. You gotta come home to eat eventually. I'll fuck you then." Well, and that's they, we get in the slow motion riding the horses scene. I'm like, "God, Jesus, are they gonna be taking a moonlit walk on the fucking beach before this is over?" Okay. Oh,
0: yeah. She, he chases her into
1: the FarmersOnly.com commercial. <laughs> yes, exactly. Apparently,
0: you don't have to be lonely. Yeah, <laughs> so, Delightful.
1: So then we, uh, we cut back to the present day where Billy's dead and she's miserable. And um, the phone's ringing. She's waking up to a ringing phone. It's Macon guilting her about not showing up to uh yeah, like, bring where's my visit bitch yeah basically yeah exactly
2: bring us some candy and some money in unsequential bills <laughs> right <laughs> and for some reason she's not like hey little person i've never met i saved your sister's life goodbye click she's like oh my gosh i'm so sorry what flavor candy do you
0: like right right what kind of pizza do you want by the way the beginning of this next scene is crazy samantha's showing up in the projects like you said to bring the food to the, the poor black kids and it's like a John Woo hero arriving at the battle at this point. There's yeah. <laughs> like colorful sheets blowing in the Fields wind everywhere. Laundry. There's groups of pigeons taking off constantly. It's ridiculous, like overly epic mu Ha, 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 ha. And they're like, going oh, no, it's crazy. <laughs> and it's this big letdown. She's just like, yeah, here's that pizza. <laughs> right, right. Was I supposed to shoot those commando ninjas or I don't know, whatever.
1: Well, and then you can also, you can tell that these kids are like that their mom just doesn't give a fuck because she's smoking a cigarette. That's yeah. how you can tell. <laughs> right. And, so
2: then she notices the next door neighbor, T.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. now we, we, we glazed over this, but in the voiceover about the husband getting killed, they tell, they tell you that the only things that they found on the scene were a mechanics rag, And they saw a man in a red—a black man in a red hoodie running away from the scene when the cops showed up.
2: Keep in mind, they only make one of those a year. So there's probably like four guys—it's like a Hitari sword. There's probably only (laughs) four guys in the world that have a red hoodie and a mechanic's rack.
1: Right, right. So she notices that this guy that lives next door is a mechanic and he's black. And based on that, we're supposed to think, oh, my God, that must be the guy that killed her husband. She should
2: have just started shooting right away. That was the one problem I had with this movie, that she didn't just immediately pull out her Civil War musket and shoot him in the
1: face. <laughs> black guy with a red shirt? Come on, boom! Well, he wasn't wearing the red shirt just yet. The red shirt gets revealed a little later, but uh, uh but, you- so right now, all she knows is he's a black mechanic. Are you the five-fingered black man that killed my <laughs> husband? <laughs> Bang. We so get that scene later. And, and, and
0: by the way, can I just go back to this uh, grandma for a second? This is the stereotypical old black lady, so check mm-hmm. on your yeah. bingo sheets. And uh, she's the she's the grandma of Keisha and Macon. And she hits, like, 23 racial stereotypes in, like, five seconds on screen. Like you said, she's smoking a Newport, but she's, like, also smoking a Black and Mild at the same time. <laughs> she's shining shoes. She's crumping. It's, it's crazy. Just saying phrases. I declare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Did I use child, please? Child, please.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And it just gets worse from there on her. So now we we learn that the real reason she was running out to the projects uh, uh, so so quickly is because she still wanted to get Joe's dick. I can't blame her. I kind of wanted it too. So she gets done with the pizza and the candy, and she goes to see Joe, who also lives in that same General. Oh, she says, Do
2: you know a guy named Joe? And she's like, Oh, believe me, we're all black. We all know each other. Don't worry, we're yeah. related.
0: He's my cousin. By he first lives down. Name. The road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He looks exactly like me.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, he shot my husband. <laughs> you shot my husband.
1: <laughs> excuse me, ma'am. Do you own a red hoodie? So <laughs> now she goes over to see Joe, and Joe's got this shithole house. Um and by oh, and his mailbox says Papa Joe, by the way. He's not just regular Joe. Um, she she starts to walk up, and as she's walking up, she meets Denise, who is uh, Joe's neighbor, and smoking fucking hot. Denise is super Mm. hot. I think Denise and Sam should have a kissing
2: contest over Joe, and everyone (laughs) should win. (laughs) That's my writer's note. I like. I was kicked off the scene of Unforgivable. Whatever this movie's called, (laughs) Unconditional.
1: It's a good thing we don't have the name written on the notes right at the very top there. So, yeah, so we meet lovely, lovely Denise. We don't linger on her long enough. But then she wanders into Joe's house, and his entire house is decorated like the front of somebody's fridge. It's all... Yeah,
2: it's like he has the drawings of each of his victims. It's very free. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Joe turned to his decorator, and he was like, I want Joanne's fabrics covered in children's drawings. And he was like, stop drilling. You hit gold. I know exactly what you want. Because <laughs> it's just glitter and crayons yep. and the drawings of
1: children he knows. Yeah. <laughs> would have been really creepy if we found out later that those were all his drawings. No, no, no. I did those. No, those are mine. <laughs> so, Do you like them? No, you're very bad
2: at drawing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, didn't get my dialysis in time. Why have you been standing here talking to me? Wanted to finish conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We can get that really quickly, too. Alright, so apparently, okay, so they're dropping a busload of kids off with Joe. Because in their school, if you're good all day, you get a green card and get to go over to Joe's house and get free snow cones. Right. Uh,
2: but first, when they all get off the bus, they all huddle up and they go, ha, 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 and I wrote in my notes, oh god, they're preparing to eat you, Sam. Run! Run! (laughs) This is a black thing. Do black people go Super Saiyan? What are they doing? (laughs) I stopped watching Roots about halfway through. It's a very long movie. I forgot where they learn how to do this.
1: (laughs) So now we get the scene of all the little black kids singing and dancing together like the black kids do. Oh, yeah. They do a little soul train uh, dance line as part of this. uh, Oh, yeah.
0: They do a dance line. And
2: I wanted so badly. They get this point where they turn to, uh, Sam and it's Sam's turn and I wanted her so badly billionaire money rewrite of this movie. <laughs> there's like go Sam, go Sam and she walks in the middle and she just blows her head off with the gun. <laughs> 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 I wanted it
1: so badly to happen. <laughs> go Sam poof. Oh do we all have to do that now? <laughs> no, it's okay. She didn't say Simon says yo, we're good. We're yeah, good. So it's, it's okay. <laughs> Uh We also learned here that Joe plays the sax as if I wasn't already in enough danger of blowing that dude, <laughs> but yes, he plays the sax. Right. At this point, I wrote in
2: my notes, if someone wants to fuck Joe, if no one else in this movie wants to fuck Joe, I will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and by the way, uh, Samantha does not shoot her head off, but um, she does just completely ruin the whole dance line for a second. She does the white person reaction, which is, you know, awkward nothing. Oh, God. Do you people want money? What is this? <laughs> yeah exactly so, fun fact for all the black people. um if you want to see a white person become autistic before your very eyes, surprise them with a dance challenge. That's a real thing, yeah, we are terrible at dancing and racist,
2: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just get my dick out that scares them right back. <laughs> just pull my just pull just my balls out of my jeans zipper and start to jump up and down screaming the names of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. They will stop challenging you to dance off. Right? <laughs>
0: Or and that's you. the counter-move people. <laughs> the white people out there. Uh, yeah, that's the sad.
2: grass to their fire Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so, okay, so now she grabs... I guess there's one remaining Stokoe in here. So she grabs it. She's going to bring it around the corner to take it to Keisha... And when she does, she comes around the corner, and wouldn't you know it, this is where she finds out, dun, dun, dun that their neighbor mechanic owns a red hoodie. Oh, good old me. He mean. must be the murderer. Yeah, that's where we go and with she's, that. Yes. she's so sure that she goes to the
0: detective in her husband's murder case. Yes. Exactly. She goes, she goes to the detective, and she basically says, yeah, I, uh, I found a guy that matches the description of my husband's killer. Yeah, black guy with a red shirt. It's definitely him. <laughs> Could so only be. Can, uh, can we go shoot him or uh, how does this work? Um, do you right. shoot him or do I – who shoots him? <laughs> the, this is the beginning of the George
2: Zimmerman movie where they go, we just need someone who will stand their ground. Cut to a young George bit a boxing ring somewhere. <laughs> yeah. right. uh, so then the police gives a crazy – the policeman who – and we don't address this i don't think look it's a bad thing he says but the movie doesn't ever come back and be like that's a bad thing for him to say he says i'm no racist but i'm a realist and by the way whenever you say that you're about to say something right doesn't matter what you say next <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. i like chocolate pudding you found a racist way to say it i don't know how but <laughs> you, it's just a tautology uh so he then explains that Black people – and this is in the movie. I'm not saying uh it. Black people are like pit bull puppies. They start out cute and cuddly but, you know – and that's literally it. That's what he says. And (laughs) she leaves the room but there's no moment where she goes – Well, that's a weird thing to say. She's just like, you have a point. Well, you have a point. Those kids are pretty adorable, but they will grow up to bite your throat out.
1: No, I want—I want to be very clear on this one because it's very—I think it's very obvious from her reaction when he says this that she's like, "Oh, you're a racist fuck," and 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 walks out. She goes back to him a bunch of times, though. Well, I mean, he's the cop. You know, you can't just go get a different cop like you can go get a different sandwich shop or whatever. Um, like, (laughs) and, and I and I only point that out because like. Not all of the movies we've watched would be cognizant of what a racist thing to say that was. I want to give the movie at least enough credit to say they knew that was racist as fuck. (laughs)
2: all of our movies are so bad that this is basically the fact that that guy's not the protagonist of the movie is something praiseworthy. The fact that that's not the final monologue of the hero we're like, you know what (laughs) man, this
0: movie's pretty fucking good. This movie's pretty fucking good. (laughs) The bar is so fucking low now. But he also says like, you know, I I understand with, with that Pitbull thing, I understand what you're trying to do, but he was basically saying those black kids you saved are probably drug dealers by now i really wish you wouldn't interfere with police business from now on you know yeah. by saving the lives we're, of young yeah, I was black gonna say, kids we're trying to run them over one at a
2: time and if you take <laughs> by the- saving keisha you killed three white husbands i just want you to know that. <laughs> just basically like the
1: message he sends yes yeah. so if you
2: could go back in time and kill hitler Would you? All right. What if I told you all black people are Hitler? I'm a
1: cop. I'm a police officer. And okay, but so and and, now that's the thing, though, is that the weird thing about this movie is, is it seems to be cognizant of this guy saying the pit bull line is racist, but it doesn't seem to be cognizant of this woman saw a black man in a red hood and assumed that was her husband's murder. They don't. You know, they never address that level of racism. Although the cop does point out, he's like, that's
2: not evidence. And she's like, I feel it in my heart. And he's like, great, we're done here. Do you (laughs) like these white power pamphlets?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Except for the racist shit. Everything he tells her is super reasonable. It's like, okay, you saw a black man in a red hoodie. I can't go arrest him now.
0: Everybody I arrest is a black guy in a red hoodie. I (laughs) realize that sounds like a great reason to arrest this guy you're talking about. But yeah, they don't let us do that anymore. That part's already filled in on the
1: form. you got to check the crime <laughs> that you're arresting him for. Oh, we just have him ready to go. I just need fingerprints. Um So so she decides to go back to the projects in the middle of the night. To, to s- what? To stake Murder tea. Yeah, I to, guess. To stake
0: him out, yeah. yeah.
2: But she's distracted because nearby black people are the Disney crows. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happening. So watch the movie. Yeah, pretty much. We wanted to pretty show much. people they're. Dancing around a fire Don't be mad at me I didn't stage this movie
1: <laughs> <laughs> And and of course She sees the fire And that reminds her Of another flashback So we have another Husband flashback And if you want to know How campy this movie is They're camping Yeah I wrote in my no- notes
2: This couple did everything But fuck <laughs>
1: no wonder he wandered around the ghetto looking to get shot (laughs) yeah no it was it was it was like summer camp there's horseback riding and there's river riding and there's camping in the night there's there's gonna be some s'mores but no pussy um so yeah so they're they're camping in this flashback and she's telling him the story of firebird which is this this book that she's gonna write and draw and publish and promote and market later um, and I'm sorry, it's a shit story. Yeah, I- but but for those who are
2: interested, I think I can sum it up pretty quickly. There once was a bird that was like, "Why do bad things happen to good people?" And its mom was like, "Where were you when I created the whirlwind?
1: <laughs> hey, you can't beat up the Leviathan. <laughs> <laughs> Snicker, snack, can you open fucker. the doors of his face? <laughs> All right, I'll
2: show you the back of my tefillin. Come on, follow me follow me you can see the back of my little magic hat
1: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so it's a story about a bird that flies through a cloud and even though it seems like there's a storm and blah 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 he gets to the top of the cloud and there's the sun there and that's a euphemism for god and all of the stuff he puts you through
2: i'm just saying i'm pretty sure there's no law 42 porn about the firebird yet so get on it internet
1: (laughs) (laughs) come on people (laughs) um but what the kid's story is or what the uh, parable is or whatever here is that sometimes God you're like a little tiny bird flying through a storm and God's shooting lightning bolts at you but it's okay because if you get to the th- top and you get through the storm you're going to see the sun again and I'm thinking to myself first of all a lot of baby b- birds die in storms and shit and secondly if God hadn't put the fucking storm there the sun would already be there so the right, parable kind of breaks just down just the storm yeah where, exactly where need the storm? and that's the, the whole point? thing is that the, 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 the little birds asking the mother why do we have a storm which is like basically why does god do bad things to good people and the and the fucking answer in this movie is oh cuz there's a sun above it yeah but you know what that memory makes her decide not
2: to murder someone based on the cloth they own <laughs> right. so whatever it takes i guess uh so we we cut to joe having a mini oscar ceremony for the black kids that behaved that week <laughs> yeah, yes right.
1: yeah and uh,
0: by the way joe he distributes a lot of candy to children for a guy with diabetes. That it just seems like you know, he'd be a little more responsible kids, about this. So, so. Uh... <laughs> you don't need your feet.
1: And, and of course, Macon wants his candy, but he doesn't get any because he didn't bring his. Report card Because he doesn't want his name To go up on the website Where all the smart kids go So that all kids Will think he's tough Whatever Anyway right. And
2: Macon is super duper aggressive I wrote in my notes Macon is gonna try to murder Joe But luckily Sarah or Sam Or whatever Will shoot him first <laughs> <laughs> That's where I thought This movie was going Megan, Where's my candy bitch Katoof <laughs> I got your back Joe <laughs> I got your back <laughs> Help me feed
1: this kid To my horse <laughs> <laughs> My horse keeps secrets he keeps secrets <laughs> so yeah so but Sam does show up she doesn't shoot Megan, but she does show up just in time for another flashback of the time that she saved Joe's life when they were kids right and so
2: they're hanging out in the woods. And Joe says, I want to show you something, and it's not his dick. So, <laughs> I was already point not a fan of this character.
1: When he shows up, too, she's, like, sitting in the uh, uh, woods, like, drawing pictures of this bird or whatever. And, and she's like, that's the bird that's going to be in my book. And um, I'm and thinking to myself, okay, we're supposed to believe now that for, like... 30 years she carried this bird story this close to her chest or whatever. It took her, like, all these decades to, to finally put the finishing touches on bird flies above cloud story. I mean, yeah, it's no offense to what your long. mom does or anything, but, yeah, it's still nine sentences. Oh, Elle Rosenberg knocks out a children's book in a week and a half. If my mom had a
2: book she was working on for 28 years, I'd be like, Mom, <laughs> it's the ABCs. It ends with Z. It starts with A. Let's get it rolling. <laughs>
1: Start a new project. This one's not going well. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, so uh, so Joe shows up while she's doodling her bird, and he's wearing a ninja superhero samurai outfit because that's not a be... metaphor,
2: by the way. He, he she's not, she's actually doodling a bird. She's not doodling her bird. I just want... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know she had a little strap on and everything. It was nice. nice. It was it was cute. <laughs> um, so he's taking her to his samurai training ground where he's going to learn to be a ninja superhero. It's was actually a pretty cool little fort he had going there. Yeah, he yeah, got like a, a pull-up bar and a heavy <laughs> bag made out of leaves. I thought it was cute. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Honestly, I thought this little kid that played Joe was probably the most impressive actor in the movie.
2: Yeah. The child so actor then, version. So he's showing her a little ninja fort, and then they run across a rattlesnake, mm-hmm. which might be the least harmful snake in the world aside from like a garden snake.
1: I, well, I, I gotta say, about mountain they rattler. Going. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're a, mount, a mountain rattler like you'd get in Tennessee. It, it wouldn't kill you. Uh, well, it would if you've just, you know, got bit and just laid there for a long time like those fucking idiot time. snake handlers with Christianity <laughs> and whatnot. But yeah, but, uh, but no, they'll, they'll, they'll fuck you up. A mountain rattler will right. fuck you up.
2: But this snake, particularly, I don't mean like mountain rattlers, I mean
1: this snake. This snake, he kicks the
2: thing, and the snake's like, hey, man, chicka-chicka-chick, get out of here. Yeah, right. And he decides to attack it with a mop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very clear here. The snake is just like, chicka-chick, dude, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, mop time. And the snake's like, oh, mop time? Bite. <laughs> so just just for the record, snake one, black samurai zero. <laughs>
1: Just to be clear. Well, and also, just to be clear, if this kid loved Jesus properly, as it says in Matthew, he would be fine. But he doesn't love Jesus
2: because he hasn't been to prison yet.
1: Uh, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's where black people go to find Jesus. So we see him waking up in the hospital and finding out that his dad doesn't love him. Right. Um, Uh,
2: Grandma, is dad going to come help me? Check your skin. (laughs) He he, he turns to grandma. and goes, how come dad doesn't love me? And I just wrote in my notes, check
1: your skin <laughs> so uh so then we cut back to the present day after it's the movie sh- i didn't write this movie. yeah no, no a-
0: <laughs> the opinions reflected in that last- mind.
1: yeah actually we get we get even more of that in the next scene here so um we cut back to the present day and it turns out that uh he's oprah a bunch of food staple boxes with the kids. You get a box of flour and potato chips. You get some grits and Quaker oats. Um, so she goes back with Keisha and making to take them their box or take their box of Quaker oats and, and potato chips back or whatever. And I gotta admit, this is the only time in the movie that they made me laugh. At the front door? Yeah, 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 because she says, uh, Megan says, I'd invite you in, but my grandma don't like white people in her house. And she goes, what? He goes, no, I'm just kidding. And that actually gave me a laugh. That was actually pretty good. Sorry, Samantha,
0: you people have to use the back door. (laughs) There's the rules here in the projects.
1: But while she's waiting outside for them to see if it's okay if she comes into their house or whatever, because she's white, she notices that T, the guy next door, you know, the mechanic with the red hoodie, has left his door ajar. (laughs) Right. Which first of all, people in the projects probably don't generally do. But also, if they do, breaking into that person's house and wandering around probably not a good idea. <laughs> right. Just throwing and, that out. But that's exactly what she does. She sneaks
0: into the dude's house and just starts snooping around mm-hmm. and uh she she finds his incriminating box of evidence in it's his drawer. It, yes. And uh With right, all his murder
1: clippings. Right. <laughs> you
2: can see scrawled on the top is murders I done committed. <laughs> <laughs> Police, do not open on I mean, there for
0: real. <laughs> she isn't in here. Right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so but he comes back home, and she uh, runs away just in time. But, uh, yeah, well,
1: and he sees that some stuff has been moved around, but he thinks it was Macon, because I guess Macon's in the habit of going around and fucking around with his murder box or whatever. And right. and also, I, I love this, too. I, I, I wrote in my notes here. She just remembered she was supposed to have a southern accent. And then I looked in Heath's notes, and I looked in Eli's notes, and all of us at this exact same moment is like, oh, her accent. she calls the cops and she's like, officer, it's
2: my from the pipe. Uh, what, what accent do I do? Oh, man, it's me, Sarah. I need you to find me husband killer now. Me you wrong time you find husband killer. <laughs> She's stroking out, guys. Cut, cut. Someone put a <laughs> nasal spray in her.
1: She'll cycle back through. She'll cycle back through. Trust me. So she leaves a message for Detective Miller basically to say, um, I know who the killer is, or I think I do. It was Anthony Jones. Yep, one Anthony Jones. Oh, well, appreciate you narrowing it down, Bob the Smith. Anthony you say. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Will you run him
0: through the is he a murderer program that you have? Right, oh, right, yeah, well, no right. she I says. Can you run
1: his name? I'm like, well, that's not. That's a thing that they say don't... on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. That doesn't even make sense. Can you trace
2: now? the call? Right. <laughs> which, which call? The one from Anthony Jones. I have no idea what you're saying. I shouldn't. Have, you know that card was really for when the case was going on. You don't just get to call me forever now. <laughs> That's not how murders work.
0: <laughs> right. So, so so, then she's sneaking out after she almost got caught and um, she starts walking with Macon and he realizes she's being all weird and clearly hiding something. So she bribes him to keep his mouth shut about how she's a racist <laughs> vigilante homicide detective. And I hate Macon so much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stupid Macon. And he takes the bribe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I hate to say it, but this is actually as close to a cliffhanger moment as we're going to get in this. I mean, does he take the (laughs) bribe? There you go. (laughs) So we might as well take a break right there, but not before I give Act Three the hard sell. Will movie level things eventually start happening? Will Sam murder some dude over a hoodie and some racism? Will she wind up with a Boston accent before this is all over? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the melodramatic conclusion of Unconditional. He care my harsh <laughs> bear. In a world where one man's condition means the difference between life and death. Dude, you have diabetes. Just take the insulin. Seriously.
0: I, I
2: will in a minute.
0: No, no, no. Just, just do it right now. Like now in this moment of fighting with me about it, it could already be done.
1: You wouldn't die. One man's desire not to take his medicine could mean losing everything. You have a medical condition. You need to treat it. Do I? Yes. From the makers of unconditional comes, take your fucking medicine. Fine, you don't want
0: to take your medicine, then die. But stop waiting until you're about to die and then taking it. That's just crazy. Quick, give me my medicine. No, I keep it now. I need it. I'm going to die.
1: And we're back for more, but we lubricated a little bit more this time. When we last saw our hero, she was bribing Macon into not telling Joe about her breaking and entering escapade. And when she gets back to Joe's house, damn it, if that little shit isn't whispering something into his ear. I hate Macon so much. <laughs> it's so easy to hate him. Macon's life doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> all, bla- all Black Lives Matter except Macon. Right. Um, so at first she thinks that she, uh, like her bribe didn't work and that uh, Macon is selling her out. But what he's really doing is inviting himself and all his ghetto friends to come over to her horse farm well he's whispering
2: to joe he says she's got a horse and he she goes is that true and she's like oh and he goes about the horse and the farm and she's like yeah no i have a horse and a farm he's like hey everybody we're going to someone else's home and she looks justifiably (laughs) horrified by that (laughs) statement (laughs) for a sleepover yes Like <laughs> what? Also, I know we haven't done it a lot this episode, but music note for this scene. Maybe these white people could learn to dance after all. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, we get this um, farm activity montage with the kids going over to her horse farm, and they're having like, like wheat fights, and they're torturing <sighs> chickens together, and they're making kayaking. catches a big
2: white load in the
0: face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what Lips happens. Some cows. Nice yeah, living. and uh, yeah. but the the weirdest part to me was the kayaking. Is there, there farm kayaking? Is farm that
2: kayaking. A, a thing She you grows do? them. Yeah, They're, she's <laughs> got a field
0: of kayaks.
1: Now, also, so we get this great scene where she she shows Keisha, tiny Tim, mute girl, uh, a horse. She's never seen a horse in in real life, and she like covers her eyes and takes her into it. Now, I gotta say. Like, a horse is kind of a terrifying thing to see. Like, if all of a sudden your eyes are uncovered, there's a horse like six inches away from you, and you're a little tiny human being, that's actually kind of scary. Probably not the best way to do it. But the little girl's cool with it, I guess.
2: Yeah, and she she says... They have a, you know, they have a special gift, don't you? And then she pauses, and I wanted her so badly to be like, "They can fill a woman in a way that no man can." (laughs) You ever feel really, truly full, Keisha? Really full, Keisha? Full. Where are you going? Where are you going? (laughs) But no, it's Tijuana. That they can't talk. And yes, so they that's keep their secret. So apparently,
1: Keisha also has that gift. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Keisha, horses, and rocks—all good at keeping <laughs> secrets. I'm thinking they have better attributes. You're really, you're really short selling the horses. But, yeah, she's just going, like, my horse, I've told him all my secrets. He knows where all the bodies are, and he ain't never told a so. I'm sorry. I'm doing way too good a southern accent, and I'm fucking it up.
2: Oh, he ain't never told a sir. Yeah,
1: right. There you go. Meanwhile, I wanted to cut to the little girl talking to the horse, and she's going, and then they busted her Muslim boyfriend for that shit. Oh, and then there was this other time I convinced the Bush administration Saddam had WMDs. Holy shit. Oh, damn. But no, we didn't get that. Yeah. So so now we cut to Joe. He's upstairs, and he's brought his dialysis machine with him, and he's about to do his dialysis when Macon comes in and says, hey, man, you got to see this. And he's like, oh, what? I gotta do my debt. Di- oh, oh well, I guess the dialysis can wait. <laughs> yeah, that's and I just wrote in my
2: notes a million times, dude. You need your dialysis, right? You I wrote fucking dialysis. <laughs>
1: this man deserves to die. If this man dies at this point, it's his own fault. Right, I, I have don't... no empathy. There's no yeah.
2: There's no uh, uh. What is it? There's no stakes. The stakes are right. created by a character's own
1: bad behavior. Right, and stupidly bad behavior. Not even like particularly inconvenient here. So then we get some more chicken chasing and hay riding. This is my single music note of the episode. Um, on this scene, I, I had David Attenborough just said something profound about trees. <laughs> Uh, This is also where she points out that Denise, she's like talking to Joe and she's like, you can't see it, can you? Denise is in love with you. Well, fucking of course she is. But, you know, we cut to a sign of Denise wearing a neon sign that says, I
2: want a hot cup of Joe (laughs) (laughs) landing strip pointed at her (laughs) vagina. And he's like, oh, we're (laughs) just friends. Oh, she yes. turns the sign around. No, we're not friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a guy with orange cones. Best friends. Yeah. She wants the dialysis
0: dick. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She wants and the kidney shifter.
1: By, by the way, I would pay so much to watch those two fuck. Oh, that'd be glorious. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so now we cut to dinner, and they're having dinner in the barn because she's not going to let all these black people into her home, I guess, so she has them in the barn, and, uh, they start playing with her dead husband's stuff as she gets very upset. Yeah,
2: they're m- misordering the sniff shine, shrine. And, and <laughs> as Heath <laughs> pointed out before, you do not fuck with the order of the sniff shrine.
1: Fucking <laughs> making. <laughs> and then they I play, oh, Megan. this, this might have been my least favorite scene in the movie, but they, they play, so they start playing some country music they put on the record. Cause, you know, kids these days know how record players work. And, and they're like, Oh, this is awful. To which Joe says, Well, you know, her country music helped save my life when I was in prison. Right. And they go,
2: tell us that story. And he goes, no, you don't want to hear that story of the time I was in prison and almost murdered. And she goes, no, we do. Me and these children want to hear about your near (laughs) manslaughter in prison. (laughs) So... Which leads us to the most offensive scene in this movie. It's another flashback. Congratulations. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. But yeah. by far the most offensive scene in this movie. Oh, yes. So Joe goes to the prison cafeteria.
1: Mm-hmm. Gives up his cornbread like a bitch.
2: Right. To the to the white guy who owns the only hat in prison. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, when he finds out that uh, Big Mac who is Big another Mac. African-American
1: gentleman <laughs> in prison. Oh, by the way, I just want to point out, these are the names so far of the African-American gentleman in this movie. T. Big Mac Papa Joe. Yes, and Quarter okay. Pounder. <laughs> quarter Pounder, yeah. Yes. He's the little guy that follows him around. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> It's on the 99-cent menu.
2: <laughs> so then, that's important. So then later, Joe and another black guy are listening to country music and mopping the floors... And when mm-hmm. they turn off the country music, the white guards literally, re- they've, they've segregated the prison. There's white supremacists <laughs> on one side, black guys on another. They push the let the white guys out button. Yeah, there's a mm-hmm. white guy out button. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> the guards release the white people to murder the two black janitors like the goddamn Coliseum <laughs> <laughs> because they turned off the country music and Joe pacifies them by singing and dancing for
1: by them. By singing, and the <laughs> black man placates the white lynch mob by singing and dancing. Because he sings and dances real good. Yeah, yep. he sings and dances real good. Shiny and then their, shoes, their whatever you want. Mutual respect for white country music saves the day by creating unlikely bonds of friendship. Yes, that's what happened in this goddamn movie. Ridiculous. So,
2: So no one in the present day goes, wow, that's a fucked up story. They're just (laughs) like, oh, yay. So all the children have a barn dance. (laughs) That like convinces the – oh, I wanted to point out when we see Big Mac before – this is going to come back later. Big Mac threatens the only white guy in prison with a hat with a (laughs) machete. He just pulls slowly, like, a full size. this is not a shiv, this is not a toothbrush that's been carved down, a full size machete out of his jack, and he's like, hey, man.
0: Blood
1: diamond machete. (laughs) And yes, that that story convinces all the kids that country music is cool, because it keeps you from getting ass-raped by white supremacists. Uh, So they have their little barn dance, and while they're doing that... uh, She kills herself. It was just just so amount. fucking nice. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Detective Miller has called um, yeah. to, to let her know that, yes, Anthony Jones, the one Anthony Jones in town, was one of the original suspects, but had an alibi. So she's yep. on her own. But the- seriously,
0: stop going to black people areas. Just <laughs> white to white. I'm just saying. By the way, that's Jack Dalton from MacGyver, the cop.
1: Oh, right on. Right on. I don't remember a character named Jack Dalton in MacGyver.
0: Who's the friend that helped him on some of those uh, wacky missions? Where oh, okay. Well, solved a problem. With he the would explain to him what knife. different
2: races were like and which animals they were. He was like, "Look, you got to see the Jews. They're like tiny rat puppies, right? They start out sweet and cuddly, but then they get all your money and they start nine eleven. It's a whole thing."
1: So now, what we're really supposed to get from this this uh, conversation with the detective is that she's been kicked off the case. She had to turn in her badge. She's on her own. He actually even says that you're on your own. So. Take the which law into your own hands. He very crazy clearly lady. should not have
2: said he should have been no. like, you are not on your own. Please stop." <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you are doing illegal things.
1: But of course, he wants her to kill some of them pit bull puppies anyway. So then, she, so she's standing upstairs in the barn, where which is where she keeps all of her uh, like awards and stuff like that, and she's staring at this award. Uh, at which time we get this other, the, we get another flashback, and this one probably makes the least sense. Of yeah, all the flashbacks right. in the
2: movie? She won a children's... She won an award for giving away her children's books for free.
1: Right, right. So like a community service award. Kind
2: right. Of so they're letting her give a TED Talk mm-hmm. about her dead husband.
1: And his love for $2 bills. Right. And how he was saving the world with them yes. or something.
0: Why? How? Doesn't
2: matter. Because love was, is like $2 yeah. bills. There's actually plenty of them to go around. No, there's not. No, no. But people hoard them. And like so if, love. We, if we- Like sh- people hoard love. If we shared them around- I think it was a poly argument, right? It was a poly <laughs> argument. <was> to- <laughs> the end of that speech was so her just pulling out So Everybody just take bowl. your
1: clothes off. Yeah, everybody. Keys in the bowl.
2: Two dollar bills. Man, woman, a hole's a hole. Let's make this happen, people.
1: Um And then she breaks down and starts crying and has to run away from the scene because she can't keep up the accent any longer. So we move back to the present day.
2: Right. Uh We move back to the present day, and Joe is finds her crying upstairs, and she explains that she gave up on the bird because the bird is God, and he's like, that's okay. Let's just sit here in silence and not talk about what you went through.
1: Well and also let's root through your shit again. Like, this is yet another Christian movie where some dude is rooting through some woman's private shit and 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 like they, she doesn't have like any kind of like that not, not that drawer or that one. <laughs> right. Nothing about that. Um but he doesn't find any dildos anyway cuz this movie sucks. Yeah. And Denise finds him outside by the barn, Joe all dying and shit from lack of taking his dialysis or whatever. Right. He's
2: like, oh, "I'm not feeling super good." And instead of her being like, "Well, why don't you fucking take your dialysis?" She's like, "All right, you owe me." And he's like, "What do I owe you?" And she's like, "The D." <laughs> Joe, look me in my eyes. Joe. Joe. The <laughs> D. <laughs> and he's like, "You mean dancing?" And she's like, "Fuck you, Joe." And she gets right inside. <laughs> Oh, he's surrounded by fire and ebony, and he just won't light the match. It's so upsetting.
1: <laughs> and she's so fucking hot. Um, so Oh, and also Tiny Tim goes back in. She's forgotten her backpack, and she, she runs back into the barn to get it. And wouldn't you know it, there's the horse. Is she going to talk to the horse? Yeah, she's going to goddamn whisper into the ear. Of the horse. Also,
2: I'm a Jew, so I'm terrified of horses. So the fact that the child and the horse were alone, I, it was like a horror movie for me. I was like, Oh, right? it's going to bite her and kick her. What do they do? Basically. Oh, what do those eat? Do they eat people? <laughs> oh, it's a people
1: eating horse. <laughs> Again, billionaire money. Cause that would, wouldn't that be, been great? Switch if it, it up to a, a horror that, movie where I, the I horse I... now
2: hunts everyone in this group.
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> the exactly. They all, they're all they all huddled into the barn in increasingly small numbers. He's done <laughs> keeping secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Anti-Semitic people eating horse. Yeah. This, oh, this movie needs a sequel. <laughs> uh, and so now, all right, so now we get to get all good and deep into Papa Joe's sob stories. Right. He was going to work for IBM... 'Cause he was a computer whiz and then he broke into a bank and stole two hundred dollars, so well, they sent him to Okay well he
2: super buries the lead. He goes, <laughs> I got eight years in prison for stealing two hundred dollars. So I spent twenty minutes of my notes being like, There's no way that would happen and then he explains, Oh no, what I did is I hacked into a bank and yeah. stole two hundred dollars. Dude,
0: you did not steal two hundred dollars, you hacked into a fucking you bank hacked into a bank. Exactly. That's Way different than, like, finding a wallet and keeping the $200 inside that.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right. I was like, I stole $200. Oh, really? Yeah, it was in the glove box of this car I boosted. Yeah, yeah. see, that's totally Of different. the guy I murdered. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, of course, that's all there so that we can get another prison flashback. And I just want to say, leading into this flashback, again, remember, this is a story about a real guy who is telling his life story to a screenwriter who then made this scene. I just want you to keep in mind all of those things as we work our way through this. Mm -hmm.
2: So Big Mac, who you'll remember from earlier, is slicing up the white guy with the hat. He grabs his hand and he cuts open his hand with that machete he had before. Mm -hmm. By the way, the prison guards don't care about that at all, by the way. The fact that there's a man with basically an axe
1: right a, a black man cutting a white man up yeah yeah exactly With an axe, in there, but he's in, in this tennessee prison grabs him
2: in a chokehold and he explains that he will let him go if joe spits in this cracker's face yes so he's like this is reparations
1: apparently i guess and the white guy's going like it's okay joe spit in my face do it shoot the hostage <laughs> <laughs> joe can spit in my face <laughs> I've been Joe could do boy, all Joe. kinds of shit in my face. Anyway, so uh, but but <laughs> but instead, Joe goes goddamn samurai and kicks everyone's ass. Everyone,
2: literally, an entire <laughs> like, prison yard—white, black, Chinese—all the gangs. He just single-handedly kicks, like,
1: nine, he goes fucking Batman on him Here, I expected
2: everyone was kung fu fighting to start playing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, shit, what a bit. It's such a better soundtrack. Um, anyway, so eventually he gets on Big Mac and starts whooping the shit out of Big Mac and he grabs his, his fucking Hatari Hanzo shank and, but he can't quite bring himself to murder the guy. Right. I wrote my note.
2: Yeah, probably not best to commit murder while you're in prison for eight years for hacking. <laughs>
1: right. right. You would think. And then this is where we go full on God for a minute because he goes, I spent 40 days and 40 nights in solitaire. Like, why would you say 40 nights, dude? Like, of course, they didn't let you out at night. It's not like fucking Ramadan. Yeah. You're, you're, you're 40 days implies 40
0: nights. Oh, man. And they made it like an hour without any Christianity right to the face, That's, which is pretty good. Yeah. yeah, pretty no, good. yeah I wrote I, in my notes, oh, thank God it's a Christian movie. Because I was like, fuck, we already
2: told people we were doing this movie. <laughs> Someone better talk about some Jesus. That bird's not going to cut it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Right. So what we learn here is that he found God while he was isolated for 40 days in prison, you know, under mental duress where true things occur to you.
2: Yeah, where you go crazy. Exactly. <laughs> you know how sometimes when you put people alone for 40 days, they come out and they're crazy? I came out with God, but it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but it was saint. That's where one out. does their best thinking.
1: <laughs> exactly. In the, in the, the way we torture program. terrorists. <laughs> And just in case we hadn't been heavy-handed enough, from this flashback, we cut back to the present day, and of course, he's kidneying to death, or whatever, so she has to... Dialysis him quickly. Right. I guess. Just use it
0: every day. Just do your just thing just like it just always. Just like a time. good healthy habit. Instead <laughs> of almost dying sometimes, just
1: <laughs> always use it. <laughs> it seems so easy. Anyway, so, uh, so then we, we cut to them like just chilling by the fire. And also, I want to point out, Keisha comes out
2: at this point. And there's so much touching and cuddling of other people's children in this movie. Very inappropriate. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, Keisha comes out and just cuddles, just cuddles up in Sam's arms, which is kind of weird. Right. So, oh, and we get another sob story because now we have to hear Keisha's sad, sad story.
0: Yeah,
2: she got a uh, she got mixed up with the wrong crowd, and so a guy came into their house and murdered her mom in front of Keisha. And I just pictured the animated scene from Kill Bill, and I was like, I can't wait to find Keisha's (laughs) vengeance plot story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so and also we learned that, okay, so I guess the murderer murdered her mom while she was hiding in a cabinet and then set the house on fire, and uh, somebody came in to save the kids, and Sam's like, it was you, wasn't it? And he's like, no, it was a guy named Anthony Jones, Jones, Jones. (gasps) Remember, because... He was the guy. That's T, by the way. That's T. Right, yeah.
0: For the the white people. (laughs) That's one of the letters in the name Anthony Jones. (laughs) You
1: see, so that's... (laughs) And uh, and now this was actually the worst she ever did with the accent, Mm -hmm. because this is where she has to, like, cry while she's telling the story of her husband dying. Yes, by the way, we're getting the fourth consecutive sob story here. And honestly, she was as close to Southern American as she was to Polish American. Yeah, Moose and Squirrel
2: point. Kill husband. Yeah,
1: yeah right. <laughs> Might as well have been. Oh, also, I did have one more music note, I guess. I forgot about this one. The music director is punishing you for not giving up on this movie yet.
2: I wrote, uh, in my music note for this scene was, I'll blow you if you put my song in your movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's very clearly just like,
1: hey, it's me. Check me out on SoundCloud. Right. Yes. So, yeah, then we get this forgiving montage where she's like burning the, the picture of the red hoodie that she drew that she obsessed over, I guess.
2: Right. Just going to start a fire in a barn, you know. <laughs>
1: just with a bunch of children sleeping nearby. Nice and safe. And then it's 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 morning time, and all the kids are waking up and having a good time and everything. Yeah,
0: they're doing like slow motion farm stuff again, like wheelbarrows and lassos.
1: <laughs> <I> actually, <laughs> have really a lasso weird. out.
0: Yeah. And Macon, who I hate, is going to check on Joe.
2: <laughs> he goes to check on Joe, and I wanted him to open. He opens the door, and Joe is dying on the ground again because he didn't take his medicine again. Uh-huh. Right. Um, And he's been skipping all his dialysis appointments So whatever But I wanted him so badly to open it And Joe's just in there fiercely masturbating Over her husband's jacket (laughs) Denise wanders over and she's like Oh, that's why (laughs) Alright, you do you, boo You do you I get it I feel better now Because I was wearing perfume And I was like, do I need to thing?" I was going to yoga like four times a week I feel better now Thank you (laughs) Uh, time to ostracize him from the community.
0: <laughs> the help I would give that attractive black man.
1: So, so now we cut to the hospital and Joe, apparently Joe now needs a new kidney. His at body this, has rejected dialysis. Yeah.
2: Uh, which is okay, kind of like saying his body has rejected open heart surgery.
1: <laughs> I had to pause the movie at this point, walk back to the bedroom and turn to my wife and say, Oh, God damn it. Now Joe needs a new fucking kidney. There's like like they haven't piled enough fucking cliches into this movie anyway. But it's okay because there's an organ available. There's just a kidney that matches him available. That's awfully nice. Yeah. I, I was sure someone in this movie was going to donate him a kidney or something. I mean, I thought at least. But uh so she comes and Sam comes in to talk to him and he gives the whole they don't think i'm gonna make it or ever speak above a whisper again right. uh monologue <laughs> yeah yes Kidney-related
0: emphysema at this point. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Coughing after listen, every the word. one
2: thing we know is that young men in the prime of their life almost never survive a kidney transplant or a tonsillectomy—the two most deadly operations for a strong thirty-year-old with rock-hard abs and a jaw that you can run your tongue along. Oh, he tastes like smoke after midnight. I bet. Sorry, are we still recording? Oh gosh, I should stop. I
1: should stop. Okay. So, it, so she says to him after all this, she's like, do you have time for a story? And he's like, do you mean before I die? Because that's a really insensitive way to word that. Is away. it like she's a like, fun dying story <laughs> that you have ready with an illustration? <laughs> if it's like that, then yes. Yeah, and it is. So she tells him a fucking story. And it, like I wanted him to just cut, our, cut her off like three sentences. Can, can I stop you right there? I get that you're talking about us in this story. This is just a weird way for grown-ups to have a conversation yeah, you i know. wanted him to be like
2: does this story end in erotica because that's really the only reason i'm
0: into this story <laughs> <laughs> you can't just like do your job at dying people that doesn't make any sense <laughs> That, like they probably won't want that most of the time. Like maybe like prostitute, chef, but like otherwise pretty much. Oh no. yeah. L- Believe
2: me, fun. I've been kicked out of several hospital rooms. Yeah. I
0: told him he looked like a fat
2: Ronald Reagan <laughs> <laughs> this podcast that you <laughs> get your hands <laughs> off me, you're not a real cop. because <laughs> they put you in a uniform. <laughs> oh, you are a real cop. Fun. Oh.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't notice the gun. Not hurting anyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> So, yeah, so she tells him the story about how he really is a superhero. And she's drawn a picture of Samurai Joe with all of the kids standing around, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, and now we get Macon. Yeah, hustling Granny for some bus money to go see Joe And in Grandma's the got this
2: weird sort of monologue where she's like, The world is evil and the people are monsters. And I'm like, start a Tumblr, Grandma. What's going on right now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just thought to myself, like, because at this point, this movie's moving beyond tear jerking to tear crowbarring. Right. I mean, I think the fucking writer shows up at my house and starts cutting onions in the other room at this point. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, are we just going to have a long series of last goodbye moments with Joe with every character in the movie? And indeed we are. Because now we get this ridiculous <laughs> fucking scene with, uh, with Macon saying, Oh, Joe, can you be my father? I wish you was my dad. He's like, oh, I wish I could, but, you know, I'm done. I'm like, could you guys not find a three-legged puppy with a scar over his face to stand in a fucking window in the rain and a fucking Sarah McLaughlin song to play?
0: And by, By the way, just a quick side note. I've been to hospitals before, and every single patient doesn't wear an oxygen tube around their face. like. That's not ever, for example, kidney disease has nothing to do with respiratory system. It's that you wouldn't need that. Most hospital patients just breathe the air. The, the air, yes. Yeah, and there's oxygen in that. No, it's just in case.
1: Just. They just breathe the They air separate out the, the
0: nitrogen. <laughs> and the hyd- yeah, it's, it's fascinating. That's
2: cool. Do? Is that just in hospitals? <laughs> where you can breathe the air
0: casinos too yeah.
2: yeah exactly they put air in those too i don't know i've seen people with oxygen tanks at casinos <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and and a cigarette
0: yeah. absolutely
2: right. so now we cut to grandma's house and keisha can speak yeah not mute
1: but yeah she whispered to our horse now
2: right but she whispers to her grandmother and her grandmother's like wow that's the first time she's spoken i'm gonna give up drinking now And I feel like that should have been a bigger moment. But everyone in the movie is just like, nah, nah, nah. We just got the making scene. We got the goal. We got the Oscar (laughs) goal. Also, Keisha can talk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She says, "Uh, I promised the good Lord that if she ever spoke again, I would stop drinking. So now I'm going to have to stop drinking. Thank you, Sam. You've saved the day. Right. But but kind of (sighs) Magic white people. (laughs) Right.
0: So
2: she goes into Keisha's room. And there in Keisha's room, she finds... The drawing of the bird that she gave her husband. And at this point I wrote in my notes, oh my god, Keisha is the murderer. How awesome. I'm not, we're not ripping on this movie. And we're buying multiple copies. We're sending them to friends and family. <laughs> Keisha doesn't speak because Keisha's not a snitch.
1: It's the perfect crime. The Keisha's perfect killed a man. I love it. So she sees the bird. She rips it down off the wall and she says, did you draw this? Where did you see this? And I'm like, yeah, quick. Yell at the little girl with PTSD. That should be helpful. I'm sure she'll have some answers. The girl you. who
2: spoke for the first time today really needs to be yelled at by the one person who's let her
1: learn to trust again. I am right. What is this picture from your childhood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she goes back into her, uh, her, her, her locked in syndrome or whatever. Um, so the, uh, Sam has to ask Macon and it turns out that it was T. He drew that. It's the only thing that he knows how to draw real good. And that's proof to her that he's the murderer. Right. Okay. Which, so sc- And that's good proof. Like if you. <laughs> well, okay. But the scenario that she's spinning in her head right now is like. Oh, he must have shot my husband, taken out his wallet, taken out this picture from the wallet, left the rest of the wallet because that was found on scene, gone home and started drawing it and teaching the neighborhood children to draw it. That's the only explanation. That's some hannibal stuff, right? I there. mean, right?
0: But if a white lady comes around, don't tell her I drew this for <laughs> Yeah, you.
2: right? If anyone what? ever tells you, asks you who taught you to draw this
0: bird,
1: you don't know shit, okay? <laughs> you don't know fucking shit. Like, what? <laughs> so, based on that, she goes and she gets her gun and uh sets off to murder him. Right, and so she goes into his
2: house. She opens the box of... Murdered confession. Yeah. Finds the picture. (laughs) And then T comes in.
1: And she says, my name is Samantha Crawford. (laughs) You killed (laughs) my husband. Prepare to die.
2: I wrote the same thing I wrote. Oh, she has an Indigo Montoya moment. Fantastic. (laughs) But now we learn that the story is that T did not murder her husband.
1: Yes. Her husband uh, was
2: repairing the transformer on a liquor store in the ghetto.
1: Mm-hmm. when he
2: noticed T hanging out outside and then he attempted to pick him up right that's what the scene <laughs> <laughs> looked like gay sex was trying, trying to clearly happen him trying <laughs> to solicit T for gay sex but fine whatever <laughs> T didn't get the hint so they share a sandwich and some coffee And they're best of friends. And literally, T's like, I knew that man would change my life forever. I walked away going, that's a good guy. Sure hope he don't get murdered. Bam, bam. (laughs) (laughs) He walks away from T for literally 12 seconds before he's murdered. Yeah. His journey was, man, that was a nice guy. Hey, man, give me your blam, blam. Like, there's no (laughs) mugging could
1: have taken place. (laughs) So, so then T runs to help him, and uh, the guy runs off, and he whispers his last words to T. He says, "You know, tell Sam to stop always- making me chase her on a horse every time I want to fuck." Right. <laughs> well, I love too because they, they, then they cut back to like present day, and he says he's telling her uh, uh, Billy's last words. He says, "Tell Sam to always walk on the clouds." Now, it sounded kind of cheesy to me, like the writing in a shitty movie, but he was dying, so I didn't say anything, you know. I I thought about cleaning it up a little, but I just gave it to you the way he said it. It's kind of stupid, though. And
2: then she says, did he give you anything else? And I wanted him so badly to be like, yeah, man, solid H.J., like he knew what he was doing. (laughs) (laughs) This was not his first. But no, it's a blood-covered picture of a bird
0: and a $2 bill.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So the the black guy was a good person after all, but... Here's the thing, if T didn't get a secret code from the dying husband, she would have shot him for
1: uh-huh. for blacking with a red shirt <laughs> yes. and drawing a bird. <laughs> yes, that
0: that's what would have happened. <gasps> yeah.
1: Um. And now we cut to a voiceover from Joe. Sam is reading the "In Case I Die" letter that Joe wrote, and the letter
2: is the letter's like, "I'm dying. You need to be a samurai now." And I was like, "Is she gonna hunt the white guy down? What is that?" Is <laughs> that unconditional too? But no, it's just the classic sort of blah, blah. And then we see her at the graveyard because Joe died.
1: Or at least they're trying to convince you that yeah, Joe died. Yeah, and super... Then- un- Joe walks up just as sexy as ever, (laughs) and it was Billy's grave she was laying a flower on. Remember the dead husband? And I wanted Joe so badly to be like, yeah, turns out kidney transplants
2: are a relatively not dangerous procedure, and the fact, the incredibly unlikely fact that they had a kidney for me was really fantastic, so I'm fine now, but I'm not going to take any antibiotics, so, you know, that'll that'll really fuck me up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Those things are from the devil, you know, they're like vaccines. And like, literally, like, his VO bleeds right into her VO. Yeah, yes. Yeah. she, she finds God's love thanks to a voiceover conversation
0: <laughs> with Joe. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, now she's all of a sudden wearing clothing that fits her, so she can be extra good looking for the big finale, which is when she opens a door in the rain.
2: Oh, for That's... fuck's sake. Well, cause her children's book got published
1: well yeah right and tiny tim was reading it right along with her when she read i wrote in my notes oh my god keisha shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah oh no her voice was so bad too (laughs) they just gave her enough lines to like you know pay her i guess but yeah no that that closing shot though after that she they they it's pouring down rain and they have this ridiculous like her opening the barn with both arms and shit she opens the doors up into the rain and she says that What if God's love
2: is like the sun? Except the sun could stop you from getting raped, but doesn't. (laughs) But that's what. (laughs) Wait. Anyways, (laughs) credits. That's literally how the movie ends. (laughs) It's just like, what if God's love is like the sun? It's always
1: there, and we just can't see it. Credits. By the way, in case you haven't had enough heart wrenching, meaningless voiceovers, we actually get the real Joe Bradford that this movie is uh, based on coming in for a voiceover to ask us for money at the end of it
2: go to unforgivable.com forward slash act which by the way they're trying to recruit you for christian charities of america it's one of the christian Mm -hmm. big brother big sister programs which by the way does not involve giving kids food but mostly involves converting children to your religion just just quick side note
1: yeah, and and that's what... Th- I thought that was really the key in this whole fucking movie because it it, it, for a long time I'm thinking of this mo- uh, about this movie, I'm like, wow, they're really soft-pedaling the Christianity. I guess this is the kind of thing that any, you know, whatever, sp- even a spiritual but not religious person could say, oh, yeah, I like this, okay, this is a good message or whatever. But then at the end, it's just like... And see, this is what we're all about. Now give us money. And I'm like, that's why you were soft pedaling the Jesus. Uh, It's like the fucking Salvation Army, isn't it? Sure. Because you don't want us to know that that's what this goddamn money is for. This is a really long fucking commercial for this charity. And you want to underplay how much time is actually spent trying to teach these kids about Jesus. Right. Yeah. So we figured them out at the end. Yeah. And then we also realized that. Nothing actually happened in this
2: movie. What, right? People were gonna die. People were gonna kill each other. People were gonna do this, but (laughs) nobody actually
1: did any of that
2: shit. No.
1: Well, obviously, even if this movie was, you know, maybe a little better than what we've been watching over the last few weeks, it still doesn't rise to the level of thumb orientation based rating systems. So rather than asking how many stars you might give this movie, I'll instead ask you, what is the least interesting thread of this movie? That still would have made a more interesting plot to follow than the actual plot. Uh, The (laughs) security guard's journey from fat to fit.
2: (laughs) He gets on Atkins. He just hits the gym every day. You know, he's doing weighted abs, not just repetitive abs. He really, really gets cut. He gets (laughs) cut.
1: Run, fat boy, run.
0: I like it. (laughs) I was going to go with the same guy, actually. I was going to say the uh, the fat cop trying to climb that fence for 90 minutes. (laughs) It's just him, and he gets tired, and he sits down, and he's all sweaty, and he has to take breaks, and then he tries again, and he can't do it. Goes to the corner of the alley, takes a poop. He's like, you know what the problem is? I got to go. I got to get it out. Too much weight. (laughs) I got to get a running start. I got to get a running start. I got this. Nope, nope, nope. Um, My other thought was maybe uh, we could watch that horse starving to death for a while. That would be oh,
1: fun. right. She could, like, just if she'd killed herself at the beginning. Yeah. and Yeah, that would have been nice, too. And while that does it for our review of Unconditional, that isn't going to do it for the next episode just yet, because we still need to get you all rock solid and throbbing over next week's show. So, Eli, tell us, what's on deck? I'm in love with a church girl. All right, are are we sure this isn't going to be like just partially Jesusy little it tiny? It looks like- pretty Jesusy. <laughs> <laughs> We're just got to be careful after this last one. I was convinced that unconditional was going to be all kind of Jesus. I mean,
2: let me let me give you let me give you the hard sell. It's got Ja Rule and Stephen Baldwin in it.
0: Oh <laughs> no, and,
1: and Michael Madsen. Mm. Really? Yeah. 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 Shit, I like Michael Madsen. God damn it. He's fucking just ruining everyone for me. So this movie is apparently
2: the story of L.A.'s biggest drug dealer who falls in love with a church girl. This the title and Uh reforms his ways because of her and Jesus. It's pretty Jesus in the preview. I think it's going to be Jesus enough. It seems like it's going to be pretty Jesus. y.
1: Awesome. So with that to look forward to, we'll bring episode twenty-six to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per episode donation at patreoncom godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Skating Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. All the music used in this episode. Episode was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars and was used with permission. If you like what you hear, hear more by following the link on the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm no illusions promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. Macon was shot 87 times by the police when he aggressively held a banana at them. T was just making shit up on the spot when Sam found him, but he totally killed the fuck out of her husband.
2: Joe died because he was too busy teaching kids to read to take his antibiotics after his kidney transplant. Oh, Joe, no. Oh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
0: making. I want to mix it up with... uh... Joe and Denise, absolutely. Oh yeah. Maybe well, maybe Denise just watches and yeah.
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> does her own thing. Just doodles or bird. Yeah, I'm to. <laughs> I'm thinking of the cup as half full, but I think that's optimistic, right? Or, or pessimistic at this point? I don't know. I, I don't even know if it's shit in the cup, which and, and you have to drink the whole yeah, thing. I, how many girls are there?
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs>
2: Like, I can't wait to find Keisha's <laughs> vengeance plot story. <laughs> oh, I lost you. Well, I uh, said something very funny.
1: Well, so. yeah, we were, we were laughing. We could hear you.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sam is reading the in case I die letter that Joe wrote. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, this movie has so little to offer, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) With LinkedIn Jobs, we
2: tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need.